the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now, Healthcare now. with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayak. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now, the Healthcare studios. now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry. Larry, how are you doing today? Good evening, Dr. Mark. Good evening. So That's we've a got, weird number. I know, I know. We've been uh, morning, afternoon, and now we're evening. Now we're Thursday evening, Thursday evening. Now uh, this is going to be a January 6th show, which is our yes. second show this year. That's right. Uh, I thought that uh, New Year's Day show was pretty, pretty good show. I did, too. I know. We're getting yep. good feedback. It aired Saturday on the 1st. Yep, and we still gotten. Uh, there was it was seriously a a holiday, but no yep. holiday in the news. You know, well, that. you know, everybody's back to work. Yep, and back to school. Right, the holidays are over, and twenty twenty two is here, Doctor Mark. Yep. Well, not everybody's back to school. You know, a lot of people got got stay, they're staying at home and they're doing virtual school True. in a lot of different places. Yep. Here in Orlando, we've stayed pretty clear. Yep. Uh, I know I was up in Atlanta, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I may have mentioned this before that uh, Emory University decided to go virtual. Virtual. And and, oh, wow. and then the a lot of the high schools have followed suit, and uh, so all the way up and all the way up to surrounding areas like Alpharetta and yep. whatnot, a lot of folks are going virtual. And they did that oh, was it last year uh, when they were coming back from the break? They just sort of extended the break a couple of weeks, and then they took people back in classrooms again. Okay. So I suspect it'll be something like that. Well, you know, at our last show on the first, we talked a little bit about stress levels. Yes. Eating better, exercising, and reducing stress for right. 2022 is New Year's resolutions. Well, you know, I'm not sure if everyone is full from eating so much over the holidays, yeah. tired of watching bowl football games, yep. college, yep. and the NFL games. Yeah, and they're picking up. Yeah, and Monday absolutely. night game, big and, game. And, I, I enjoyed right. it. That's right. Yep. And may even fighting the crowds at the theme park yep. true, uh, because true. they were really crowd oh, yeah, the they're holidays. Packed. They're packed. And lastly, fighting all this traffic in Central Florida. Yeah. No, this the holidays are, yeah. are an impossible time, seemingly, to really reduce stress. So yeah. I think, to your point, as we go forward, you know, you start, you get into that pattern of eating, right? So, I mean, we right. get, right. And, and you come out of the holidays and everybody's got it in their back of their mind that they're going to yeah. cut back. That's right. But you really don't in the beginning of January. It's hard. But yeah. it's, it's just honest. And you know what I would say, Larry? Mm-hmm. The best way to get your fitness in and the best way to curb back the calorie intake is to do it with somebody else. Right. You know, you've got some accountability. Have a partner. Have a partner. It can be your relationship partner. It can be your buddy outside the house, whatever it is, but that's the best way to get you up and to the gym or get you thinking yeah. about, you know, even if I say, Larry, Larry, what'd you do last night? Well, yeah. I went out yeah. to da-da-da-da-da. You know, well, I, I know mean, you've been something. much more studious about exercise over the years than I have, Dr. Mark. And well, that's probably I mean, your it, army training. It's Well, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a chicken and egg, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's it's what I... That's my release, really. Yeah, and yeah. I really, if I if I don't get to the gym, and people hate to hear this, I think, but if I don't get to the gym, I get antsy. I need to go to the gym. So wow. that's something that yeah. that's a that's that's my drug. A lot and 
people walk in their neighborhoods? Oh, my God. So I tell you, the, the dogs have loved COVID more than anybody because every dog in this country has had an increase in the number of walks by hundreds of percents. You know, I mean, it's that incredible. Yeah, oh, my God. makes sense. Yep, they're all out there. And, you know, fit and unfit alike are out there getting getting some cardio, getting out of the house. And that was something that it took a little while when the, in the first entry of the pandemic. It took a little while mm-hmm. to people to get into that but there oh yeah I, I, every neighborhood i've been into and, and again we've been been in georgia and florida yep. you see them yep. everybody's Both out there my walking. kids have dogs and they walk in fact one of the things that they were concerned is when they were home so much right how the yeah how it was going to be well yeah once they once they go back yeah i'm sure there was yep. some doggy depression yeah and you know i, I feel I, sh- I should state that you know we're being very dog centric and not talking about cats. Well, right. I just I don't like cats. I'm, I'm sorry. Not a cat I'm, okay. <laughs> we may get some phone calls about that. Oh, we cat probably will. Out there, God bless you. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll we won't do any cat jokes. We won't yeah. do any of that. My uh, our executive assistant has two cats. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've seen the commercial where they were talking about getting a cat and who wants a cat, and it was a room a woman sitting in her kitchen and she has birds, pet birds, all over the house, and and she looks at one of the birds and says, "You." want a kitten so you know that's that's that's, right. that's how far that's the right. cats can get to go but i tell you there was a little bit of uh, omicron news um earlier this week we had the highest positive rate per day and it was over a million pos- new cases and there's a couple interesting things about that larry number mm-hmm. one it's true but yep. the number of cases in the hospital that they're actually treating for covid as opposed to somebody goes to the hospital, gets tested, and oh, by the way, you have COVID. Right. Um, that that number is way is is quite low. Way down. We're still I on heard green a 10% status. Ten percent number at one time. Yeah, but I'm not I, sure that's. I, you accurate. know, yeah, it's it's tough, and you have to kind of yeah. follow it city by city. Yeah. And yeah. so, at, at everybody, all the listeners, you know, at, at your own yeah. cities, you can kind of track what your big hospital systems yeah. have been doing. So here locally, I mean, our one big system is under three hundred. Inpatients. Yeah, I had heard, and that they were at a, they were at a thousand. No, they were at nearly eleven hundred. Yeah, yeah, they were there. I think they were even maybe higher. it was two thousand. Yeah, yeah. but so, I, the what I saw recently was that of the beds that are occupied, right. only ten percent were COVID. Oh, that could be. Yeah, that could That's be. That's where yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, a lot of those patients uh, are people that have, are coming in for something else. Right. And now the other, but the, and have here, multiple comorbidities right. too. And it's. Interesting to me that so we have that number and it's very difficult to compare that number to something a year ago right. because we have at home testing now and we are in a very different world today than we oh, were a sure. year ago for sure we so have, so you know what, there's a lot more than two hundred million cases. people vaccinated absolutely Big and difference. and and I personally know more people that have had COVID in the last five weeks than this whole two year pandemic yep that that I've known in in my you know second and third degree friend group or whatever. And fortunately, every single one of them has had a a mild case. Some of them are not a nothing, but but nothing worse than a a bad cold. Nobody's gone to the hospital. And all these folks are vaccinated. Now, some, uh, most of them had not had boosters, but I know of of some where they've had boosters. So the timing... I haven't heard too many of the, that have had three shots that had actually got the uh, breakthrough vaccination. I mean, breakthrough infection. And it would only make sense. It really seems like... Like Omicron is not penetrating that part of your immune system. It's it's getting, but it is as far as getting you sicker. Right. But it is getting inside our bodies, and I don't know. We need to bring the virologist back on to talk to us about why 
We, I understand, and we all have talked about why Delta was more more of a spreader, right. and now Omicron even more so. Even more so. We understand yeah. why that is, but how do we know why, or can, can we learn why people don't get as sick? Because yeah. we heard that from the very beginning. Exactly. And is it is it because of the uh, vaccines? I mean, well, I, I don't know. If you remember, the initial case was in Texas, right? And the uh, person wasn't even hospitalized, right? On yeah, the Omicron. And, and that's and that's really yeah. been the typical. Um, even even some people with a lot of comorbidities, right. they're not not being hospitalized. Yeah, so, I just you know but, I, I think our our listeners probably feel somewhat like this, Doctor Mark, that all these numbers of increasing sixty four percent and all these things are a little over overplayed. Well, oh for sure. Well, that's that yeah. our twenty four hour news feeds that yeah. you, you got to keep talking about it, and we're <laughs> we're guilty of it because we're filling some of the space, but we're trying right. to really right. kind of lay out what it, it what it means, right? That's right. That's and right. and I think that a couple things. Now he, here's a silver lining and you know this isn't original thought although i thought of it and then heard it later so but uh, the idea that how do you get to herd immunity and how do you get rid of this? Or one of the things that could happen is if everybody got sick. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm air quoting everybody. Right. But so now if we're seeing Omicron going through the unvaccinated population and they're getting sick but not being hospitalized. Right. And then we're seeing yeah. some spread in the in the partially vaccinated yeah. population. Then everybody's antibodies for a period of time are going to be peaked. Right. And perhaps. But the risk of everybody getting it. sick risks the people that potentially it could be very fatal. Well, but we're not seeing that. That's true. Right. So. So, yep. Right. So it's not yep. like Spanish flu right. where, where those huge numbers, because yep. we aren't seeing, and I haven't even seen a death number. I haven't either. Right. Not on Omicron. I, and and I, I can yeah. only I can only hope that that's because it's not impressive enough for for the media to throw it out there and say, oh, you should be scared. Right. You know, whereas at the same time, there's that whole push. I still believe yeah. that that the vaccines, yeah. I think they are shorter lived than right. we would like them to be. And, and that's a bummer because. I think they're, they're working. Right. And we don't know when the next variant shows up if it is going to be more deadly or than, less. than Omicron yep. or less. Uh, that's right. Well, I tell you, if it's less, you well, don't you even know, know you're going to have it. It's interesting. I was listening to a talk show host yesterday talking about, you know, we've got two kinds of people right. in America today after this pandemic. And we've got people that are fearsome and people that are fearful. really fearsome. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I, was, I thought you were going to say fearful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. People that are afraid yep. and people that are more afraid. Right, right, right. And and I think that balance needs to come into play here, Dr. Mark. No, we, every time you get a cough or a cold, you you can't think I'm going to die of COVID. No, no, no. I mean, but, that's ridiculous. And, and right. But now we're we're hyper aware of that. And what yeah. we do think is we're going to make somebody else sick. That's right. You know, that's and right. we're going to make grandma sick. Yep. And so, I mean, the the answers, all this stuff, you know, what, get vaccinated. What, that's know, the what answer. would be happening if we didn't have all this information out there? I mean, how would how would we be handling would it? Would we be more stressed? Would we be would we have more loss of life? I mean, it, this is a situation where, yep. you know, now that we know there's a vaccine and and. What what do we know about this virus? You know, the, we've talked about this. Oh gosh, it was some of our first shows. It was when we talked about Back in January of last year. We talked year. about the coronavirus yeah, that exists, right? Yeah, so right. so like you look at a, a bottle of Lysol. There's a Lysol container right in front of us. If you read right. it, it says it works against coronavirus, and that that right. was produced years before COVID nineteen. Right. Right. But that's because there are a a series of coronaviruses out there that are just mild colds, exactly, and they just bounce Lysol around. spray says it kills. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. 90 Nine point nine percent virus. Corona. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it actually states coronavirus on the label, yeah. but they're talking about those other coronaviruses and, that are very mild. So, right. you know, could we? 
the evolutionarily speaking idea of this virus, the virus doesn't have a brain. Yep. So it's just how it infects and how it spreads. That's right. But how ill it makes you is something else. And I'm going to just yep. say that I'm ignorant to, to how you pull that off. And yep. we need to bring, I don't know if Dr. Mazinski will come back and chat with us about the... Uh, we can try. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he would. Yeah. So I think that's something that's but something. you know, that you mentioned earlier like. the, the solution is getting vaccinated and Pfizer and the uh, CDC just announced or the FDA just announced that they have now approved the Pfizer booster for kids from 12 to 15 years right. of age. So now 12 and up yep. can get that third shot. And I believe and it's a full dose. And they moved it from six months to five months after their second dose. Oh, really? Just moved it yep. by a month? Moved Interesting. Month. Interesting. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the data that we're, we're pulling in. Now, is this the is this emergency or is, I think this is probably an uh, emergency? Uh, emergency. Well, it says the FDA approved, approved and is allowing extra Pfizer shots for children as young as 12. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I've got uh, I've got some kids in that age group and they're, they're yep. due. I and do too. I, I definitely yep. want to definitely want to step in. Now, the Moderna shot was actually decreasing the the volume of the, do- of the dose of the shot, whereas I believe the Pfizer is just a regular shot, right? Yes, that's so, correct. Yes. So that kind of works out. Well, I think we can safely say we're going to move away from COVID and when we get back after this uh, break and uh, talk about what to expect in uh, 2022. Sure. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to move on and talk about 2022. Right. Let's talk about uh, the top 10 healthcare predictions, and then we're going to talk a little more about six market predictions for 2022, Dr. Mark. Excellent. Everybody should take out their notepad. No, not really. <laughs> not really. No, no. These are these are uh, these are pretty good. They're they, they, they make they make good sense, and you know it's better than uh, you know reading the uh, top 10 uh, stocks to pick right now, since we will have no no luck in getting those yeah. right. Well, in reality, it's a lot about many of the things that we've talked about for the past year. Oh, for sure. It's coming into reality. Absolutely. And the first one is the Federal Trade Commission and the Department adjusted. Are they going to get more involved in health care in 2022? Well, across the country, we've got prices rising. Yes. Inside the health care sector, consolidation has largely proceeded unchecked, as you know, Dr. Mark. Oh, yeah. Thanks to decades of neglect on the part of antitrust enforcement agencies. Right. And to, to be fair, we're talking specifically about the insurance 
insurance companies. That's right. One buying another, buying another, and you know, pretty soon uh, we're going to see one or two of these groups yep. getting so large that right. you worry about them being a, a monopoly. Well, you know, for years the farm industry was the poster child for monopolistic pricing. Oh yeah, they and they were colluded back and, and forth now, with how they were doing right. things. Right. And yeah. now we've got the managed care industry has continued to consolidate at, with only every now and then the FTC or the DOJ, the Department of Justice, even challenging these mergers. No, yeah. And in the communication industry, they've done right. it in airlines. Right. So this is, I think, something that is high on the list. And the only thing that blocks this is, of course, the, the lobbyists. are, right. are They, they right. know it's coming and right. they're, they're, they're going to fight back. But the biggest thing, and, and you and I see this all the time, Dr. Mark, these days it's hospital and health care system mergers yes. that need to be the largest cause for concern. Yes, right, 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 right. Those are the well, issues. You know, we talked about the uh, the Asheville system mission that had a an approved monopoly mm-hmm. in that area, approved by yeah. their state government, and HCA walked in and purchased mission. Right. And so That's how right. that pans out is going to be interesting. And so what they've done, it's it's all you're already seeing a shift there where some of the other players are more aggressively growing right. because they now have an opportunity right. they didn't have before. And it should it should be good for the for the region. Right. And that's one example of maybe it is a good situation. But if you recall, the FTC did get involved in a case out in Utah mm-hmm. to where the hospital was trying to buy a large thousand physician yep. practice and, and they said and they nope, stopped it. Can't do it. Yep. They said it would be completely yep. monopolistic. No, that's the same kind of thing. So yeah. so now North Carolina has flipped the switch right. and so they, they've done some right. of the same things and they've right. seen hospital or physician groups leaving that system. So yeah. so it should be interesting. And you know, while we're going through these predictions, let me throw something in here that isn't part of the prediction. But okay. I was seeing the article the other day that Florida, Texas, and Arizona are the two fastest growing three, yeah. three fastest growing states in population. Oh, really? And that tech, uh, California, New New York. And Louisiana are, the, are losing the most wow. people. And then huh. there's New Jersey and Hawaii in there as well. That are going down. That are going down. Interesting. interesting. So I think it's interesting to see when we talk about more involvement with the FTC and the DOJ. Right. In these large, fast-growing states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, you're going to see more consolidation in mergers and growth out of these large hospital systems yes. than we've seen. And we're seeing it here in Florida now. Well, we, we've seen a huge yeah. influx. I mean, we see the direct New York to Florida. Exactly. I mean, there's always been a connection Michigan there. to Florida. But people are dropping it. Yeah. I think we had a lot of the, not just the snowbirds, but people yeah. who would winter down villages. here. Yeah. Oh, you know, the oh villages, my gosh, yes. The an hour north of, northwest of Orlando, yep. Yep. the largest, fastest growing Medicare yep. population in the country. They're now at over 125,000 Medicare lives. And yep. that was a sleepy little town of 500 people right. 20 years 20 ago. 20 years ago. And <laughs> then right. and now we're, we've got some hospital systems out there and we've got more yep. coming. Yep. So we've Absolutely. got HCA moving into people that area. People are fighting for for turf up there. Right, right. The All second right, one, Dr. Mark. What's our Mark, next one? Yep. But healthcare ventures and uh, will be reevaluated. You know, the valuations of these new healthcare companies, when these venture capital companies come in and buy them, uh, is going to be uh, on the eyeball of, of many of these uh, sure. deals going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's it's grown when we've talked about this week after week at, at different sizes where the venture capital folks have moved in and they've got a formula that they're looking at yep. that is going to allow them to save money that the group wasn't saving before by bringing it together exactly. and and there's a lot of those groups so i mean are we going to are we going to see more of these groups or fewer of these groups i mean it's kind of kind of hard to know well the the prediction is that some of these 
health care groups that were come in that have been come in and been taken over by venture capital money right. are going to be merged with larger groups. Right. Yeah, because they're they're, they're not going to survive. Right. Because there there's so many people that are not can't bo- be scaled not, up. not bottom feeding, yep. but yep. but you know the thing they're looking for is that TAM, the total addressable exactly. market. That's right. And That's right. they're, they're going to realize as all these groups are working for the same goal that suddenly they're going to realize how many more people are doing that, right. how many more companies. Right. And you're right, they're going to they're going to have to die off or or get or get eaten exactly. up. Exactly. And and I think many of that is going to be consolidation. Yes. And hopefully there'll be some control over that. Yep. As we move forward, the next one, Doctor Mark, is the great Medicare Advantage debate is going to continue to rage on. You and I talked about That's it last straight week. Straight Medicare on the phone. versus yes. Medicare Advantage, meaning yep. Medicare HMO, private right. insurance. And we can, I think, our our listeners are, are that that hear us week after week know know as much about that as anybody in the country. But uh, but so you've got straight Medicaid. Yep. I'm sorry, straight Medicare, Medicare. and then with a supplement, with a supplement, and now you add Medicare Advantage, which is the private insurance side. Exactly. So they're right. they're managed, they're paid for by Medicare to cover that part of it. Right. And and but they're making money yeah. and they're actually spending money on right. hospitals and physicians or just to increase the well, uh, it's a it's a care. narrow network mm-hmm. and it's a control network. But right now, of the 65 million Medicare beneficiaries eligible for Medicare in this country, about 40 percent plus are now Medicare Advantage. Right. And that is a huge increase from in the high 20s just three years ago. Right. And and it's it's and not if you and recall, it's not sa- it's not saving money. No, it's not. And if you recall, we're looking at two million Medicare lives a year growth, over the next ten growth. years yep, sure. to get to eighty, eighty five yep. million lives yep. in Medicare by twenty thirty. Yep. There's there's gonna be and I twenty thirties are just around the corner, yeah, Doctor Mark. And I think the <laughs> the change is gonna come in what is the, the fourth prediction here that Medicare or Medicaid will become the new Medicare. Yes. And yes. we're gonna see some shifts and changes because the I don't think the Medicare Advantage model can continue. There's so much competition out there, and there's just a lot of money flying left and right that isn't aiding the system, the Medicare system. Well, you look at the two sides. What are the two, what are the contradictory opinions? Number one, straight Medicare with a supplement. You can go wherever you want. Right. You can spend whatever you want. There's no authorizations, no right. control. No copay, and, no, and, no monthly. And the key is you pay your, your premium yep. out of your Part B. And right. your social, and Which you everybody pay a, does. Yeah, and you pay a supplement premium, and that covers you. Right. But if you recall now, the supplements don't cover 100% like the original Plan F did right. when supplements first came out. Yes, yeah, so there's some with deductibles, there's some with copays. Copays, the whole nine yards. And that is uncontrolled from a cost standpoint. Right, right. And that's just what the market bears. That's I mean, right. that's not coming from the government side. That's just... That's, that's right. just, yep. And then the Medicare Advantage, which is more of a capitated government model with possibly a narrow network and some utilization controls, is the difference. But right now, Medicare Advantage is costing Medicare more than straight Medicare. Right. And just to just to clarify things, Medicare Advantage is those groups are at risk. Yes. And and those are private companies that are managing Medicare, being paid by Medicare, and they're doing the job well enough that it's costing Medicare money coming out of that Medicare bank. And that's all about 
uh, hierarchical condition category coding, HCC, right. Medicare risk adjustment so people coding. are up, well, yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't say up coding, but they are. It, so, well, that's or, exactly or, what it's, yeah. Well, so. it's collecting all comorbidities of a right. patient. For instance, if you've no, we're got. We're not saying it's illegal. They're just being really illegal. careful about yeah. Yeah. how they're doing. So, so right. when you have a patient that has multiple problems, yeah. you can, you're getting, re- yeah. appropriately being reimbursed more, but these Medicare Advantage yeah. plans are yeah. much better at doing that yeah. than, yeah. than yeah. the Dr. other Dr. Mark, plans. I think of up coding when I think of. E&M codes going from a three to a five. Right. This is risk upcoding. Got it. Not just upcoding. This is risk coding. Yep. So that affects the entire... The EOB. entire patient. Yep, in right. other words, and a good example is diabetes. If you've got diabetes, there's a flat amount if you just bill that on a certain code. Right. If you go and you've got diabetes with high blood pressure, kidney involvement, cardiovascular disease, yep. all these other issues that diabetes can 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 involve, then you upcode that risk, and Medicare pays the plan a lot more money for that patient right. every and, month. And, and, the, and the idea here is that the plan, the, the Medicare Advantage, the company, Company is much better at yeah. doing that than Absolutely. historically. Those things just didn't get calculated. Yeah. So yeah. it's so it's completely legal. It is. It's just going to break the system. And it's the formula. It is going to break the system. Yeah. It, so, and so and the reason is going. it's the middleman, the MSOs, the Medicare service organizations that are taking a significant portion of those Medicare dollars, and it's not going to patient care. It's not going to patient care. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's no, right. So that's that's going to be that's going to be yeah. an issue. But that's that's a real good conversation, Doctor Mark. Yeah. But back Absolutely. to Medicaid, mm-hmm. I think the issue there is Medicaid will become the new Medicare. We're talking more Medicaid managed care. Got it. Yeah. Than than ever before. And and here in Florida, it all all but maybe two percent of Medicaid is managed right. care. Yeah. But we don't see that advantage plan type thing going on. Yeah. What is being delivered is the same across yeah. the board. They have they're not paying anything. There's right. nothing coming out of Social Security, right. Right. and there's That's there's right. no premiums. There's no co- so so I don't know. Nobody's going to jump into it's that strictly game. Strictly an entitlement, right? That's so, it. So but, it's going to. I don't know. I don't know how it shifts over to that next place unless it's funded. Yeah. Well, the the thing about Medicaid is there are 17 states still that have refused to expand Medicaid into the federal piece into their state. Right. And Florida's one of them. Yes. And if you know, that would add another million Medicaid lives into Florida, which is totally break, un break the, yeah, break the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to be fair, Medicaid pays about. Half of what Medicare does That's to exactly providers, right, Dr. Mark. not yep. not necessarily yep. everybody, but to providers. So yep. you've got a lot of providers in the system yep. that d- just don't want to be a part yep. of it, yep. or can't can't keep their doors open if they have a heavily Medicaid environment. Right. So that's very very difficult. Yep. You know, when we come back, Doctor Mark, I know we're getting low here. Uh, our next number five is going to be more talk than action on health equity, and we're going to talk about how health equity. It's been said that if you solve health equity. You'll solve the pandemic. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. 
The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And as we said, we want to come back and talk about health equity. And you're, you, you exited uh, last section and said that it, there are people out there that say if you can cure, fix and make health equity equal, yeah. uh-huh. that will cure end the pandemic. Exactly. So, I've, I've heard that statement made by more than one person. Yeah, and I, I think that... So what health, does that really mean, Dr. Well, Mark? Well, I mean, I think it, it's it's much bigger than just the pandemic. It's yeah. just that, that ha- if there was truly health equity, meaning that everybody got the same level of health care yeah. as everybody else, right. then we wouldn't have a pandemic. Exactly. And we wouldn't have as many deaths from diabetes and hypertension yeah. and stroke and heart disease because... It's very clear that there's more to it than just your genes, right? And so it, it has to do with health. Health equity talks about mm-hmm. how what other factors make one person get better health care delivery than another. Yeah, is it resources? Is it access to care? It's, every, it's a it's number all of those things. things. It's right. all those things. And and the concern is, is it more race-related? Right. Is it socioeconomic? And again, right. it's all those things. Right. And you know, Dr. Mark, we talked a minute ago about Medicaid will become the new Medicare. Uh-huh. That filters right into this health equity thing that we're talking about right sure, now. Sure, sure. Because the, the level of care, and, and so I think it's fair to say that outcomes in a age-adjusted Medicaid population versus, you know, a non-Medicaid but same age population, outcomes are worse in the Medicaid population. Right. And so people are going to point to it and say, well, that's because we can't go to go to see good hospitals, right. good doctors. Right. I mean, you know, maybe that's it. Yep. And and so, but it's a, it's a systemic problem. Yep. It's not just one thing. Yep, and true. we have to start at the very beginning to identify what yep. these dividers are. And they are. They're, yep. they're, they're race- their economics, their you know where where Social you live in the country. Social health has yep. been implemented in almost every health plan. The CDC, the right. HHS, CMS I mean, the, have there, all. There's definitely a start. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. It's start, a big starting mandate. Isn't, starting isn't progress. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but but it's there's a you know, the first stage is recognition, and now we do have some action. I just don't think that the powers that be know what to yeah. do yet. Well, you know, some people have said that health equity or lack thereof may be the greatest embarrassment of our time, Dr. Mark. Well, I mean, it's 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 the same as civil rights. It's the greatest embarrassment of our time. It is. It is. I mean, it is. it's it, and I think when we when we just add fancy words, that's what we're talking yeah. about here. We're yeah. talking about people not being treated equally. They're not not being right. paid the same, not getting the same jobs, right. not getting the same opportunities, and they're not getting the but, same health care. Now, let me jump on the other side of this and bring up a, a case for this. Yep. You go to an ER anywhere in America, you get triaged. You do not get refused care. No. You get you get care whether you can pay for it or not. But the difference becomes you may not need care at the hospital level, so you can be denied care. And I, I have some personal stories with mm-hmm. – we're going to talk much more about COVID, right. but where I had a, a friend of a family who went in and was – was sick and did have COVID. Okay. But then we said, well, you know, they're elderly, they're at risk, can they get the monoclonal antibody? We don't do that. Well, can they get the new Pfizer pill? We don't have that. 
you have to you have to go to your primary care physician. Well, guess what? When that you call your primary care physician, of health equity, yep, Doctor Mark, you go to your primary care physician. They go, oh, we can't see you. You have COVID, yep. so you're screwed. Yep. You yep. know, you, there's no place for you but to if get you had the, the care resources, that actually exists. You would get it. Exactly. That's what you're really exactly. Saying. Yep. Yep. That's what, that's that's okay. the way it is. But yeah, we'll talk this year. We'll talk about health equity a great deal. Yep, we will. I wish I could I could tell you I was super confident that there's something on the horizon, but I I think yep. it's a it's a systemic problem that's well, going to be CMS really really difficult. and HHS. Health and Human Services have built all kinds of regulatory programs to get to the rural areas of America. And many of the health plans, including Medicare and Medicaid, have built in social determinants of health programs to try and evaluate this yeah. stuff, Dr. No, Mark. it's definitely, definitely a start. I think what becomes problematic is those organizations alter in their leadership every four to eight years. And so, I mean, with, with government work, being sort of episodic like that, it's tough. Everybody needs to be on board with this. Both parties need to be on board with this, right. and uh, hopefully, right. hopefully that'll that'll happen. Well, hopefully it's a bipartisan movement. Yeah, it 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 needs to be, needs to be. or it doesn't yep. work. That's right. for for the for that reason, right? That's right. All right. What about next? Primary care will continue to be a main focus in this country. You know, when you see what's going on uh, with some of the large companies like Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, Amazon, even we talked about Dollar General yep. and Best Buy, all seeking to get a piece of this primary care action. Right. Well, well Dollar General and Best Buy are looking more for a product, right? So they're right. they're getting into it on that side. That's right. But we what we talked about the CVS others are last primary week, care clinics. Looking, yeah, looking yep. to hire physicians. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that bothers me about this, Larry, is again. It's episodic treating a problem when it comes along, yep. Um, yep. even though it's a primary care. Primary care doesn't Talking mean about it's the prevention. the clinics and those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. yeah, we still need to, to get our eye on a prevention. A primary care physician. And somebody that's going to evaluate yep. you when you're not sick yeah. and help you stay healthy. Yep. I mean, I like that, to that's say, really what they have I to like do. I like to say the primary care physician is the quarterback of your health, Dr. Mark. Yep. No, that is. It is. Unless, I mean, and, it, but if you're not a sports fan, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, can I bring it? Well, but this time of year, you got it. You can't miss football it's everywhere i mean i have to i have to throw it on out there big pittsburgh fan i saw ben rossberger do his his last last home home game game, yeah and it was it was a a great outcome and uh you know we've got uh, we got more coming this this weekend 10 degrees when the game was over he probably won't miss that no he probably (laughs) won't but he was it was that was something else but you know when we talk about primary care we're really talking about making sure you have a primary care physician yes getting that annual wellness visit in every year getting a baseline on your labs and being able to detect and understand your chronic illnesses. Right. Improving your medication management. Exactly. Um, yep. Getting getting tips yep. on all those things about decreasing stress, yep. watching your diet. So right. so we have to have that ounce of prevention. Yeah. And and there hasn't been enough dialogue about prevention no. in this this last decade. That's right. Okay. We we do push the primary care idea. We push it hard on this yep. show, Doctor Mark. But, yeah, we do. Yep. We do. And and I think that that's that needs that that could have, that should have made the list. But yes. it it may be not on the list because they're right and we're not going to talk about it. And, you know, the next thing, some we've already kind of covered this a little bit, is private equity sounding the alarm. You know, is it, and the real question is, is it good for private equity to own health care? Don't know yet. Yeah, no, we did. We talked about That's it. We, really we, worry, we worry about yeah. how uh, this might push into more uh, monopoly type situation. Yep. Or, I mean, I, one of my concerns with it is private equity is quite smart. And they're gonna. They may play around this for a while, and then just walk away. And I don't know what that looks like. Well, normally private equity has an escape plan. Sure, 
You know, and I mean, so right it's now, all I, about making it, as much money as you can and getting right, out. Right, and and it's not. I think, as we said a few minutes ago, it, there are a lot of smaller groups. They're yep. not small, but smaller yep. groups. And as they become larger groups, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some good and some bad to that. But 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 an exit strategy could be a disaster. Exactly. You know, and I exactly. and that could push us into the next. Next edition of what healthcare looks like in America. I agree, Doctor Mark. You know, the next thing is expect a, a real campaign against misinformation, and I think the pandemic and COVID nineteen has brought this problem well into focus, Doctor Mark. Well, it, it has. I mean, there there have been no solutions. You get a few people; they get their shows banned off of this network or that network. But the yep. reality is. We're never going to change the ability for people to put out what they want on a social social opinion, media network, and that's why we're yeah. not a political talk show. Yep, yeah. and and it's it's that's the misinformation. Yeah. I mean, where where it goes top to bottom, it's it's not news; it's entertainment. And until right. news becomes news and not yeah. entertainment, and I have I have no hope, <laughs> no hope in my heart for that happening anytime I don't soon. Either. I don't either. It, and and you know I think when we talk about we're a free country and we are and we have the right to say whatever we want sure. and, and, and express our opinions, that also creates the issue of yes, you have the right, but you also have the responsibility to do it right. Yeah, and people tend not to be very responsible about That's that. That's exactly. They'd, they'd right. rather rather That's hear exactly the sound right. of their own voice and here we are with our own voices sounding out there exactly. large but it is it's a lot of responsibility and, and i know that we we definitely on this show we take that very very seriously yes now a, a more positive angle mm-hmm. as we've talked about you know ai becoming the really big diagnostic weapon of choice yes and so i, I think and artificial you intelligence to that dr mark yeah I, I i think that artificial intelligence and machine learning isn't what we need to be afraid of even though we've all seen great movies about how the computer takes over the world and starts yep. a world war that's not what this is this is a way to get just loads of data right and come up with patterns and, and that's it, where value-based care comes into play, Dr. Mark, with the, with the AI and data collection. Data collection, and not not only, absolutely, the, the, yeah. the value-based care, but but actually creating care plans. Right. What is the right way? Because people say, you know, someone was just came in during the break there and was talking about uh, appendicitis. Yeah. What's the right way to treat all the different kinds and levels of appendicitis? Right. And we think we know because every year, residents and attendings write papers, and they present them, and they've been in their journals and that gets taken out to the button people Mm -hmm. talk about that yeah that's great but all that data needs to be put together and we do do things that are called meta-analysis and you'll see you'll see groups you'll see a publication that's a huge number of studies but this is the next level of that a logarithmic growth of taking data and coming out and saying here are the outcomes and it's it's AI and machine yeah. learning because right. we're going to take the us out of it yeah. and just look at the numbers. Well, AI is a new diagnostic weapon, but also it's a great weapon for making sure that we lower this unsustainable cost to health care in this country. And AI can be a big part of that as well. Yeah, if it teaches us how to do things better and yeah. and one of and those more variables cost is more cost effective. That's right. That's right in there. Right. And, and you can just add that out. Yep. All right. And I think uh, we got. We got one more. We got one more. Hit me. Less burnout, less cynicism, and more appreciation for health care. And that that is incredibly wishful. It and is. and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I hope so. 
because yep. you know this has been the pandemic has has brought a lot of focus on the the healthcare heroes out there yes and the stressors that they've been through um, I, I hope that and that I people think it's opened the of eyes that. of the average patient sure. as to what healthcare first responders and all these other people right. do for them on a daily basis and more people have had to expose themselves to the healthcare system yep. because of the pandemic yep. and no I think people have they they've learned as much bad stuff as they have good stuff right I mean yep. and with the misinformation what what not yep. but hopefully we can really uh, play this out uh, you know that I think less burnout comes with the recognition of what burnout's all yep. about yep. how do we avoid it uh, less cynicism comes with some hope yep. um, that you know we get through this, and I it think does. you know once once we get through this, and I really hope that happens this year, yep. then then we'll definitely see some yep. of this. But and most appreciation of other people and proud of the work that they do. And you know, Doctor Mark, I think that's worth toasting as we celebrate 2022. Absolutely, no the uh, the healthcare system. We've uh, we, we talk and complain, and we you know we we hear terrible things told about it. And yep. the reality is, we're we're really fortunate all the all the workers out there that are actually doing the work right. are it their blessing and uh, you know we couldn't couldn't make it without them and, and all these other things that we talk about and all these other things that we do are all about making a sustainable healthcare system yes. that has the quality that we already deliver yep but we can do it for the next hundred yep. years and that's that's a great recap on some predictions for 2022 when we come back dr mark we're going to give a look a recap for what amazon accomplished in 2021 our website is healthcarenow.us you can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us but dr mark will be right back you're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are covering some stuff for 2022. Yes. We hit some uh, predictions, uh, so, uh, the, right. uh, sort of the top 10 of things that are going to change. Right. And now we want to talk about an article that's entitled Big Tech Countdown, Amazon's Five Most Impressive Healthcare Plays in 2021. Yes. And we've talked about Amazon all year. We have. And I know there are, there are a, lot of, uh, a lot of people involved with Amazon uh, from from a consumer side, right. and there's some haters out there, too. Yes. But I think we're just going to focus on some of the healthcare-related things that they were able to accomplish sure. in 2021. Well, let's go back to early March of last year. Amazon Care joined forces with many large health systems to lobby for home care reimbursement. Yes. And that's really where it started, and it overshadowed Amazon's plan to build out its offering for seniors. Right. And, right. and Amazon teamed up with home health startups like Dispatch Health, 
health and major health systems like Intermountain Healthcare and Ascension, which you've talked about before, yep. to form the Moving Home Care Coalition. Right, and this is this is all about logistics and yeah. how you match logistics and that expertise with getting healthcare into the home, which is yeah. going to save money right. and it's going to bring a level of convenience and, right. and hopefully you know build build a system that makes sense. Well, to meet their goal, Amazon actually spent eighteen million dollars on lobbying for this cause with Congress. Mm. And I thought that was interesting. And Ascension, the same year, this past year, only spent a million dollars. Right. Well, but I would have to, I'd have to flip that. I'm sure some of our listeners are doing the math, and Amazon made 18 million while you made that statement. So, <laughs> exactly. Right, but but anyway, every anyway, every minute. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. The All second right. one, uh-huh. uh, Amazon confirmed it's expanding its telehealth business. Right. Amazon Care to all of its employees in all 50 states, and it made it available to tech available to all of its employer clients. Right, which makes great sense. You know, big hospital systems, big businesses, they're typically self-insured, right? Mm-hmm. So Amazon. Yep. Clearly, clearly self-insured. And if you can decrease patient visits to the emergency room and yep. use telehealth effectively, yep. you can really deliver excellent care exactly. and, and to people who need it, when they need it, where they need it. Well, you know, we talk about last year, the healthcare industry in America was a $4.3 trillion industry. Well, employers represented $880 billion of that. And Amazon is targeting these employers, betting on virtual care to help cut that cost down, Dr. Mark. Right. So so that's un- under 25% yeah. of, the, of the total cost. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's definitely a, a good target. And I, I would say that, that Amazon is in a position, because of their expertise, yes. to, to dabble in an area that they have no expertise, you know, in this healthcare environment. I'm, I was a little wary yeah. about them going all in on their own and some of their initial initial groups in the Washington state but but joining with other groups you know like like Ascension right. uh, that that seems to make more sense. Well Mercer did a national survey of employer sponsored health plans in 2020 and found that 80% of employers think that virtual care should and will play a bigger role in their health benefits in the future. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I thought I think, that was yeah. interesting. Yeah, and the pandemic has definitely reinforced yeah. that. And then in June Amazon began seeking Amazon Care employer clients uh, to meet this goal here of oh, their great. telehealth yeah. program. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. All right, and they 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 uh, see the Peloton owned Precore yep. started setting up its telehealth business. That was one of their yep. first customers. Yep. yep. So that's excellent, excellent. All right, and then in June, Amazon launched a new functionality for its Halo. It's it's that wearable device, right? Yeah, the Halo uh, wearable. Yeah, yep. that's it. Yep. yep. So so it could be attached to your uh, smartphone camera and some cloud-based AI, uh, but I... Well, we'll wait and see where. Well, it, well, it was mean, so, interesting how Amazon did this because they don't have a uh, proprietary smartphone like Apple does. Right. So they had to rely on other technology, AI included, to bring this to reality. Yeah. And uh, and that's what this Halo's movement health algorithm is all about. So it'll be, yeah, it will be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be a whole different angle because yeah. everybody has sort of jumped on board with the smartphone yeah. and, and wearables. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about wearables a couple of, in a couple of episodes, and we're definitely going to see more in the way of, of reporting technology. And that could lead to what we've just discussed, like preventative yep. work, yep. you know, when people can predict when things are going yep. to happen as opposed to episodic care when things go wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, if for telehealth to continue to explode in this country, Dr. Mark, wearables yep. and have to be it. a 
piece of that. Yep, yep. And and I think the only thing that really holds them back is, you know, people worry about privacy and how, how that's going to be seen, you know, the, the HIPAA regulations yep. and, and just yep. and individuals just yep. worrying about how much information does needs to be floating out there in the, in the ether about yep. me, you know, as that's opposed right. to keeping it, keeping and, it down. And, you know, a side note, uh, not Amazon specific, is you've got many of these agencies now that uh, entities that are providing more hospital care in the home. Yes. As well as paramedic yeah, programs so that we have right here in Central Florida sure. with the East uh, Central Healthcare Coalition yep. with their paramedic program, which I think is an excellent way to divert patients from the ER and yet make sure that they get the care they need in the home. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know? no I think it's def- definitely uh, something that's that's not just in the future. We're, we're doing it now, but it's definitely going to grow. Yeah. And then the, the last one, and we actually use this as well, is Amazon Web Services. Yes. Made Amazon's Health Lake available to all Amazon Web Service customers. Uh, yeah. Spelling trouble for cloud competitors. Sure. I mean, because AWS yep. is, is, I mean, they tout themselves yep. as being the most secure yep. network. And the amazing yep. thing about it is it, it's an yep. endless, they can grow so yep. quickly. Uh, and, I mean, it's def- definitely yep. a place to be. And I've... Uh, well, our IT engineer, as you well know, actually tied Amazon Web Services into our own website. Sure. Absolutely. No, that's, yeah. I, I use it in some other endeavors. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've got no complaints, I have to uh, I have to admit. So we need to, need to stick with it. So we have time to talk about uh, the sixth predictions for the future of the healthcare we workforce. We we, do, we, but, you know, before we get into that, yeah. just to kind of wrap up Amazon, oh, we're going to keep a good eye on Amazon for 2022 to oh, see yeah. how many of these things actually come to play. Because I think, and, and you and I have had this conversation many times, Dr. Mark, uh, the good and the bad yes. in regards to a monopolistic program like Amazon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because in there, there, there can be some success that's yep. that's too much success. So yep. we'll, we'll yep. have to see how that happens out. Yep. Yeah, there was a uh, survey done of the healthcare market predictions, the six predictions for future healthcare for the workforce of healthcare. Right, because we had said we'd lost like a million and a half healthcare workers during this pandemic, and a lot of the woes that the hospitals have right now, uh, it's not about too many patients. It's yep. about not enough staff. That's right. And this is a Becker's Hospital Review yes. for the future healthcare workforce. The first one, Dr. Mark, was healthcare employment is projected to grow as much as 16% from 2020 to 2030. Okay. According to the U.S. labor statistics, seems seems like a low number, doesn't it, Larry? I it mean, does. considering considering the drop we have, but well, if you but, consider Florida as the fastest growing state in the country, sixteen percent's not going to keep up. That's that's right. Yep. That's no, right. That's no. right. Okay. You know, and uh, this uh, Bureau of Becker's Hospital Review also predicts that healthcare will add in the neighborhood of two point six million new jobs by twenty thirty, and primarily because of an aging population, leading to greater demand of healthcare services. And I also like to state, hopefully, the expansion of health equity in this country, Dr. Mark. Yeah. Now, and again, I don't know how that number takes into account the the jobs that we've lost. Oh, it does, this is talking about yep. new jobs. New jobs. So, yep. I mean, that that's going to be uh, yep. even a bigger number when we fill the jobs that are already right, out there and, right. and vacant. And, and this next one is really hot and heavy because you've mentioned this many times. Mm-hmm. The need for lower wage health care occupations, such as medical assistance, home health aides, nursing assistance, uh, they're expected that market to grow almost 11 million new new jobs over the next five years. And you've talked about this many, many times right. about PAs, nurse practitioners are going to be more of the primary care focus versus physicians because they just can't handle the load. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be part of the solution. It's interesting, though, I mean, over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. the, the shift went 
completely opposite of that, where we used to have, you remember LPNs, licensed yeah. practitioners? Sure. Was it licensed practitioners? LPNs, we, yeah, licensed we, nurse so, practitioners. So, yeah. so we, they don't use them in most of the hospitals in Central Florida. That's right. And they used to. And so but they I had will all these tell people you that payers are out. using them. Oh, the, I think the, I think the, the uh, yeah them. the payers are using yep. them, mm-hmm. and industry outside of the hospital are yes. using them. Yes, but I think uh, that there was an active move to take them out of the hospital, and I think you know that was that was uh, probably a mistake. And you know it's interesting. We talked a little earlier about California, and New York, and some other states being the fastest uh, losing population states in the country, and it's it's also found that New York and California will also have the largest shortages of lower wage healthcare workers projected to have over a half a million shortfall within the next four years, Dr. Mark. Yeah, I think health care is extremely regional, and all these yep. numbers and these yep. predictions we're talking about are are national, right? Yep. So it is. It's going to make a huge difference region to region. Yep. Um, and as, you know, Florida being the fastest growing state, uh, people are moving in, and people are moving in and taking yep. Yep. jobs, yep. you know, which is great, yep. uh, and but also creating a need yep. for more jobs, whereas when you have, it's sort of like the, you know, the population count and, you know, what what the growth in any yep. population, it's it's very it's quite variable yep. state to state, and it really impacts on what they can expect. And reasons why states are growing and why states are, are not growing and losing population, but obviously, if you want to hit into the political spectrum, it's liberal states are, are not growing and conservative states are growing. I, yeah, well, I guess the ones you're you're, yeah. you're talking about, yeah. it, did, it did kind of pan out. I mean, we've always had a big New York to Florida connection, right? And Michigan to Florida, and, and Michigan to yeah. Florida. Yeah. So, so we're seeing. I mean, with the pandemic, without the pandemic, we've we've seen that that sort of migration, but it it has really absolutely peaked, and it, it would be interesting to say. Because California is a mixed bag, so it'll be interesting to see if the yes. California loss is yep. in the the old California, yep. if you will, and you know in San Francisco and, states and Los that Angeles. Have high state income tax, and like Florida that has none. Yeah, uh, big difference, right? And that's, that's all designed to bring in more business, right. uh, but but that has to right. that has to pan out, right? Exactly. And the last one is it, more than two in five physicians will be older than age sixty five within the next ten years, Doctor Mark. That's a major concern. Wow. I was just doing the math to see if yep. I fall into that. I don't. So that that's okay. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's estimating that somewhere in the neighborhood of 125,000 physician shortages uh, will lead to a real physician shortage in America by 2030. Right. And we've seen some growth in the number of uh, medical students, m- physicians yep. in the in the country. But as I think we talked about last week, the week before, although there's going to be more money put into some residencies. Right. We talked about that. There's yep. a lot of residency spots that go unfilled. Right. So we need to, we've always done a really poor job of, you know, sort of crying wolf when we say there's not enough this or there's too much of that. And I don't know that we've ever had a really good handle on Maybe we can do needs. some research on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's out there. And, and, yep. but I, and I think the opinions kind of go together. Like what, what you just read is, is what I've been reading as well. Right. But I can tell you in years past, when we've cried that same story, right. it didn't necessarily pan right. out. So right. Right. maybe AI would do a better job right. than, than us. Well, we just completed our first show on Thursday evening, Dr. Mark. Yep. And that's going to be a transition. We're going to yes. be on Thursdays at 7 p.m. going forward. They're still going to play the same uh, show, show on Saturday. Saturday morning Saturday for a from while. one to two. So yep. uh, hopefully nobody gets lost, and, uh, and that's that's basically why we want to remind any listeners: if you're listening to this on Saturday, tune into us on uh, Thursday, Thursday at seven p.m. Right.
We'll see you next week, Dr. Mark. Next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Now. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.